The Hard Shoulder with Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Well, you've heard of it all last week. You may have heard there's a flare-up between uh, Wexford TD, uh, Mick Wallace, and the Minister of Agriculture, Michael Creed, over the agri-food sector. The row was when Wallace compared fracking and the pollutant effect of it uh, for its short-term financial gain and long-term costs. He compared it to the damage to the economy uh, that is committed by our agricultural sector. There is no doubt when you hear of Leo eating less meat, we are going to see increasing scrutiny of the farming sector in the years ahead. Uh, Not least because of Brexit, but the double whammy. And recently the UN Food and Agriculture Association, the UNFAO, suggest that uh, it is Ireland is the third worst in the world and a third of our greenhouse grass, uh, uh, grass, gas emissions come from agriculture. Well, to debate how we should respond to this, um, in the environmental corner is John Gibbons, Antashka's Climate Change Committee spokesperson, obviously against the onward and upward push of the food industry in terms of milk and meat and defending the green corner, perhaps Eddie Punch, Irish Cattle and Sheep uh, Association's General Secretary. Uh, John Gibbons, what is your case in terms of what farmers need to do and where the agriculture, Irish agriculture sector is headed? I think uh, the case was made very well, uh, Ivan, by, by the FAO, what they call the GLEAM report, which is the Global, the global Livestock Environment Assessment Model. And it's really pretty startling. Uh, for example, Irish emissions per kilogram of protein uh, this has been milk production are 50% higher than the EU average. Now, we've been told by ministers and representative bodies for years that we had a uniquely efficient um, dairy production system, a grass-based system, uh, that all was good, and in fact that our, our largely grass-based beef, beef system was the envy of the world, and that, you know, this is the model, that, and this is the reason that we were told that we should give the agriculture sector a free pass in uh, the whole business of reining in emissions. At the moment, uh, the agriculture sector, which is in this particular case, we're talking largely beef and dairy, account for over a third of Ireland's total emissions, which is absolutely staggering. I think New Zealand is probably the only country in the world where you'd have a similarly high level. And again, that's a structural thing to do with the nature of our economy. But relatively speaking, agriculture is quite a small part of the overall Irish economy. uh, And it's, it's grossly disproportionately represented in in emissions. And I guess what we've seen today and in other studies as well, uh, and I'll I'll point you back, for example, to 2017, uh, the European Commission produced a study and what they they looked at was, you know, for every euro of food produced in 28 European Union countries, you know, so for every euro of food, what country produced the least and the most carbon dioxide or carbon dioxide equivalent, in other words, emissions. And Ireland came out number one in the list. We produced the, the most carbon dioxide emissions per euro of food produced than any other country in the European Union. So, so I would say the farming sector has been warned already. So the, the new FAO data, while it is a bit of a bolt from the blue... So, so uh, what are you actually saying should be done? I mean, are you saying that we'd reimpose a milk quota, that there'd be restrictions on production, that people would have to cut back, that there'd be less subsidies? What, what, what way are you saying that we'd curb these emissions? I suppose we we'll, let's let's break it down a little bit, Ivan. Right? We've had a we've had a a, a stampede towards uh, increased milk production, uh, so particularly since 2015 when we lifted the or when when the uh, dairy quotas were lifted. In that time, uh, we've output our increased output of 
dairy is about 28%. And in the same period, our, our emissions from the sector have gone up by 22%. Now, in the real world where we all live, whether we're farmers or townies or anyone in between, we have this thing called climate change. And what that means is we're all going to have to figure out how to drastically cut our emissions from every sector of our society and our economy. And if we don't, Ivan, we're stuffed. Now, I was thinking back on this. And I was no, thinking no, you're back not answering my question. What do you want stopped? Okay, first of all, I want the mad, well, not me personally, I think the figures speak far more loudly than I do. What we need to see is a move away from emissions-intensive forms of agriculture. So in Ireland's case, the argument, the special case that we're supremely efficient at beef and dairy production, basically that case is now over. Uh, the UN FAO have, have demolished that case. So the question really I would ask is this, why does Ireland have the lowest percentage of land in horticultural use in the entire European Union 28. And I'll add one to that, Ivan, if no, I No, 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 but this is all analytical stuff. What are you saying is the restriction or what, what, what all your analysis, what point are you making okay, should okay. be done? Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's look, for example, at what the Citizens' Assembly, who were appointed, by the way, in our name to look at these issues, right, with expert advice. What they said is that they supported by an overwhelming majority the imposition of carbon taxes on high emissions food on condition that that revenue was, was ring-fenced and transferred to support low-carbon and efficient farming. farming All right, methods, there we right? go. Eddie, Eddie Punch, a tax on food output. Any, anybody would think, listening to this argument, that we were eating all of this food ourselves here in Ireland. The reality is that we have to start from the point that if I consume diesel in doing a journey here, the emissions are attributed to Ireland. But on the other hand, if Ireland exports food to the Middle East, we still also get uh, the, I suppose, accounting for those emissions. And the reality is that as as a food exporting nation, we are feeding a lot of people in Europe. And I I would start by saying we, we should not beat ourselves up about the emissions for consumption and demand of food that is, in fact, right across Europe and further afield. Uh, I think as well, by the way, that the FAO does not demolish the case that we are efficient producers of of, uh, beef and dairy from the point of view of emissions. There is a considerable debate around this. The EU Joint Research Centre said we were one one of the most efficient uh, producers of beef and lamb. And the difference here is that uh, it depends on whether you take into account the full process of producing the food. And in the case of the FAO, uh, what they do accept is that only 44% of the emissions come from cows belching, essentially, but another 41% comes from the feed put into those animals. And when you take that full life cycle analysis into account, what you find is that grass-based producers uh, are actually much better from the point of view of emissions, and we score highly on that. And in addition, of course, when you grow grass, you're, you're sequestering some carbon as well. Uh, an interesting point is that you know, we are being beat up all the time now about beef consumption. A lot of the time by people who do, uh, you know, a lot of jet setting. If you took one return flight to New York City, you would be responsible for more emissions than the average EU citizen is responsible for in terms of their beef consumption for a full five years. So we've got to slow down and calm down about this. Anybody would think, listening to these arguments, that you can produce, you know, a diet of plants, uh, you know, that, that that diet is going to zero emissions. But it's not. If you replace the feed that you're giving to cows and feed it into humans, there are still emissions associated with growing all of these plants. 
And we are now in a scenario where some people seem to be advocating that we would import quinoa, tofu and soya from South America to change the diet of people totally. And there is no investigation, or I've heard none of it anyway, of the climate impact of that, the social or economic cost, both to the people of South America or to the people here. Um, so we've got to slow down. And let's, let's face facts. We're a 13.5 billion uh, food exporter. That's worth a lot to every rural parish in Ireland. And to think that we would totally destroy that when, in fact, Irish agriculture emissions, and let's get a bit of you know, perspective on this, are... 0.4% of total EU emissions. I think there's a lot can be done here in, in mitigating some of our, our, our agricultural practices. I'll give you a couple of examples, by the way, in terms of Europe. Uh, for example, Gas Networks Ireland now has a target to have 20% renewable gas by 2030, and we're very pleased to see that because the idea here is that you would recycle animal manures and grasses in anaerobic digesters to produce fully renewable uh, gas uh, for the future for our citizens. Another example, by the way, is crop-based biofuels, which are 70% less emissions uh, than fossil fuels. There's a lot can be done, in other words, in closed-cycle farming systems that will be good for the environment in terms of climate All change. Right. And, and, you know, th th there's just too much, I suppose, what I would say is complete hostility to livestock production systems, and I'd really question where that's all coming from. All right, John Gibbons, you got your answer there. Dusted down for you. It's just plain hostility. It's typical urban anti-rural Ireland. It's a vital national interest. It accounts for 200,000 jobs and Ireland only accounts for 0.18 of 1% of global emissions. Go stick it where the sun doesn't shine. Yeah, absolutely. If, I think if red herrings, uh, Ivan, were, uh, you know, if we, could, if we could move to a diet of red herrings, I think we would be well on the way to solving this problem. I mean, Eddie has basically just put up a, an excellent uh, defence of the status quo. And the status quo in Ireland is completely unacceptable. One small sector is producing 20 megatons, 20 million tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent a year. This is not negligible. This, this is other people's countries being sunk underwater in, in doing it. And also this idea that we have somehow, uh, that we're doing all this from a grass-based system. And if we don't do it, uh, he introduced a red herring there about importing uh, kin quinoa from somewhere or other, as if anybody's suggesting that. What we're suggesting is a locally produced a uh, sustainable, organic, farm-based system that many of us, including okay. myself, by the way, grew up on. But just to finish the point, Ivan, if I may, we're currently in this magical grass-based system that, that we've been describing there. We're importing 3.5 million tonnes of fodder, maize, soya, etc., mostly from South America. And we're importing that, Ivan, because our green grass of Ireland is incapable of producing enough feed to support 7.3 million uh, beef and dairy cattle. Not only that, last year we had, right. first of all, we had a fodder crisis in March, because it was too cold. Then we had a fodder crisis in the summer because it was too dry. This is climate change. Well, one swallow doesn't door. make a summer. But anyway, the point about it is that we're out of time. I have Bertie waiting on the line to get through to me and I want to thank. We will resume this debate because Leo's eating less meat and the whole thing is starting to close in on the farmers and maybe they're in denial about as a huge text response. My thanks to Eddie Punch of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Breeders Association and uh, John Gibbons of Untashka Climate Change Committee. 